Praise the Lord. I, I want to announce uh, a couple of things quickly. Uh, tonight we're having a special time of prayer for Ukraine and for what's taking place. We're going to lift up the people there and lift up the, the country. And so if you can, you'd like to come and join us for an hour prayer. We'll have some worship with it, but we'll focus on lifting up needs of Ukraine and, and the people there. And uh, I would like to, to, for us this morning to also take just a moment to pray. And I want to ask Oleg if he would come up here and join me in prayer today. Um, we also have started our Red Book ministry. And this ministry is very simple. If you have a loved one or family member that doesn't know Jesus yet and you want, to, well, you want us to pray that they come to know Him, then simply write their name down. It doesn't even have to be their full name. It can just be their first name. But write their name down. We've, and uh, if they have another need, maybe they need a healing Maybe they need a financial need. We'll also pray for those. But our main focus is that people come to know Jesus. Amen? And uh, Oleg, come on up here, buddy. I appreciate you. Oleg has a lot of family that are in Ukraine. His family comes from Ukraine. He has a lot of family still there. And uh, I know that it's on his heart what's taking place. And it should be on all of our hearts today. So I, don't, I want you just to agree with me and let's just lift up these people that need intervention from the Lord. Amen? Father, I just come together in agreement with Oleg today and his family. Lord, we know that you are greater than all today and we ask you to intervene in this war, that you would stop it in the name of Jesus. Lord, that people wouldn't continue to die, that they wouldn't continue to lose their homes and and be heard, and Lord, all the tragic things that are taking place. Lord, we pray that you would intervene mightily in this situation. Lord, that you would stir the heart of President Putin. Lord, change his heart. Lord, that he would stop what he's doing. Lord, we pray that you would change the hearts of the Russian soldiers. Lord, that they would not continue to press in, that they would know that it's wrong what they're doing. And Lord, that they would stop and say, I'm not going to do this. Lord, just intervene for those hundreds of thousands of people that have had to leave their homes and leave everything behind. Lord, we pray for restoration for them. We pray, Lord, for safety for them. Lord, that you would restore them. Lord, for all the Christians especially that, that the enemy's always trying to wipe out. Lord, we pray that you'd keep your hand of protection upon them. And upon this nation, upon everyone, Lord, there. Lord, we agree together and we thank you that you love us, you care about us. And Lord, we give this situation solely to your mighty hands. And we ask it in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. 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 Thank you, buddy. Several weeks ago, the Lord was stirring my heart. And... Um, since we don't have the balcony today, can some of the people that are on the outside scoot in and make some more room? We've got a few other people that are coming in. Thank you. Um, next Sunday, right after church, we're having some cake. 
and we're celebrating Tyler. He's going, what? I'm serious. We are. We're celebrating Tyler because he's transitioning. He got uh, an opportunity to go to school in a heavy equipment training school. And so he's, he's, he's stepping down from all the duties that he's been having. And he's been such a great blessing to us. He's operated our IT, and thankfully Faith is going to take over for that and help with that and help in the sound booth with the lighting and, and the words on the screen and different things. But also, uh, Tyler's been a great help as far as building and working in the church and just putting up lights and doing whatever, whatever I've asked him to do. He's been faithful and done it. And so, I want to celebrate our staff and all that they do because most of our staff doesn't get paid anything. And the ones that do get paid, don't get paid enough. <laughs> I thank God for, for uh, Mitch and Jasper and Gary and Becky and, and uh, Pastor Will and Pastor Rachel. And uh, I could go on and on. We have Pastor Harry and Pastor Lyle and Sharon. And, and uh, we also have Center Shot with Kim. We have so many people on staff that do so much. And I always want you to know I love you and appreciate you. Amen. Now, Tyler likes to tease me. Like last Sunday when he told me I couldn't read a text. And he didn't say it once. He said it about five or six times. He tells me I'm getting too old. Oh. But I tease him right back. Let's turn to God's word today. I've got two passages. I want to, I'm excited about what God laid on my heart today. Now, if you've been around Summit very long, you've heard me refer to this passage of Scripture numerous times. I love God's word. And, and there are over 7,000 promises in God's word for you. Over 7,000 promises God makes that are for you in your life. But of all the scriptures, all the verses, and I love so many of them, if I had to pick just one. In fact, a lady called me, uh, Sheila Cody and Jesse, her husband, they used to be part of our church family, and they, they moved back to where they were originally from in Michigan. And uh, she called me one day and said, Pastor Mill, what is your favorite verse? And I thought, my favorite verse? And then, then it dawned on me. Everybody's waiting with anticipation. <laughs> and she had a plaque made for me with that verse. I didn't know what she was going to do, but she had a plaque with that verse on it. And I want to talk to you about the most encouraging verse in all of Scripture today. The most encouraging verse. I want you to turn with me to two different uh, sources for this verse. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 31 in the Old Testament, verses 1 through 8. That's in the, in the original five books, the Torah. First five books, the Deuteronomy's there. And then in Hebrews, in the New Testament, towards the very back of the, the Bible, we come to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. I want to look at these two passages of Scripture because Scripture says that Jesus has told us, God has told us, He will never leave us and never forsake us. 
Now, I don't know about you, but we're living in, in times that bring great fear and uncertainty. Amen? Everything that's going on today around the world and right here in our own country, there's uncertainty, there's fear. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Amen? So I want to look at these great promises. First of all, let's look at Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 1. Then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. And the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. So Moses made a mistake, and because of that mistake, God didn't allow him to enter into the promised land. He just was able to see it. He he was 120 years old. And the Lord, your God himself, crosses over before you. Aren't you glad that God goes before us? Because that's a promise to us too. We're going to see this. He will destroy the nations from before you and you shall dispose, uh, dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to, to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites and their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you that they may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 7. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage. For you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. I love that. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Notice in this passage, first of all, God is speaking to the nation of Israel. He's telling them that there are enemies, enemies that want to wipe them off the map. Those enemies still exist today. There are still enemies surrounding Israel that have a a mantra or a slogan or fort or vision to wipe them out, to, to annihilate Israel from existence. And what God is telling them in this passage that he was going to give them victory. He's telling them that I am the ultimate leader. Even though, church, there was a a transition in leadership from Moses to Joshua, God's telling them he is the ultimate leader that's going before them. Aren't you thankful for that? God is our ultimate leader. He will lead us in the paths of righteousness. Now, God also says this not only to the nation, but in turn, Moses calls Joshua and gives Joshua the same promise. I want you to put yourself in Joshua's place for just a moment. Think about Joshua. He's followed Moses. He's seen God do miracle after miracle after miracle in Egypt so that Pharaoh finally says, you can go. And now they're headed to the land that God was preparing for them. 
And he's been under the leadership. He's seen the glory of God radiate from Moses. And now Moses is saying, you are going to lead these people and you will lead them to receive their inheritance. I don't know about you, but as, as a pastor, there are times that I can relate to that. That I feel a weight upon my shoulders. A responsibility. Because my heart is to see everyone enter into the promised land that God has for them. Here on this earth, God has a promised land, a, a, a life that he's called us to where his blessings are there. He's there with us, even in the difficult times, even in times of struggle. God's there with us. But it, there is ultimately a time when we will leave this earth and we will go to be with Jesus. So put yourself in Joshua's place there, this responsibility. It had to be overwhelming. And God says, be strong and of good courage. Now that's, that's kind of amusing to me because Joshua was a fighter. He was a general. He was a leader of the army. He was a godly general. If there was anyone in Israel who was strong and of good courage, it was Joshua. But yet here we see God speaking that again. How many realize we all need encouragement? And God was encouraging him. Joshua, be strong and of good courage. I am with you. I'm never going to leave you and I'm never going to forsake you. So you can fulfill everything that I've called you to do. And that's God's word to us today as well. Now turn over in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. We have the, a New Testament version of the same thing. In verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 13, Scripture says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? I love that. Let's say that together, starting with the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper, I will not fear what man can do to me. I think we can do better than that. Let's say it again. The Lord is my helper, I will not fear what man can do to me. We need that today. In the times we're living in, we need to hear that. We need to know that God, what God has said. And in this promise, it's interesting, the passage of this verse in, in Hebrews 13, where it says, for he himself has said, is important. Because in the original language, it means that Jesus spoke these words. Jesus spoke these words and they're for you. How many like that today? I love that. Through the years, I've pastored many difficult situations, and I've encountered people that, that would come and say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. This is so difficult. Pastor, it's, it's I feel so alone. I feel like nobody cares. I feel like that everyone would be better off if I wasn't here, if I was gone. 
They've come with their hearts just broken and their, their emotions just stirring and taking hold of them. And time and time again, I will come to this verse and I will tell them this. I'll tell them, God has never left you. He has never forsaken you. And He never will. When you encounter someone that's in a hopeless situation where life is just overwhelming them and they feel like no one cares, take them to this passage and say, Jesus is speaking this to you. He is saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Aren't you thankful for that? When the disciples were concerned about what was taking place in their day, they asked Jesus a, a powerful question. They said, Lord, what is the sign of the end of this age and of your coming? And in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus elaborates and begins to tell them, and we're not going to look at the entirety of the passage, but I do want to read verse 4 to you. Jesus said, take heed that no one deceives you. One of the greatest things we face today is deception. Number, verse 5 says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Verse 6 says, And you will hear of rumors of wars, wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Did you hear that? See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. He also talks about pestilence and famine. He talks about natural disasters. All these things, he says, are going to take place. And we're living in those times. We're experiencing those things. But he says, do not let your heart be troubled. Don't live in fear. Trust in him. We're living in difficult times, but God is speaking to us today. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. That's his promise to us, church. Now in this passage, there's three words that are very powerful words. And I want us to take each word and I want us to look at these words today. What does the word never really mean in the original Greek language? What does the word leave and forsake mean? Why? Because the, the, the Greek and even the Hebrew are languages that are rich. In other words, you can take one word in those language and it has a, a multitude of meanings. It's not easy many times to take one word in the Greek and translate it into one word in English because we don't understand the fullness of the, of the language. And so today I want to look at those three words, those three words, never leave and forsake. First of all, let's look at never. Now, the original language, there are two words that are used together for never. And so there's two words, but they're not words that are added together. They're words that are multiplied together. So it's not a simple never. How many of you ever use the word never, never and you use it like, that? Eh, it'll probably never happen. There's a slight chance, but that'll never happen. That's not the word in the Greek. The word in the Greek is emphatic. The word in the Greek is forever. It's a forever never. It's multiplied by 
the other one. And so you have the idea there is this. I will never, no, not ever, no, never leave you nor forsake you. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. <laughs> God said it's not going to happen. If you are one of his children, if you've opened your heart and your life to Jesus, made him Lord of your life, he has a promise for you. He will never, ever leave you or forsake you. No, not ever. No, never. It's a forever never. Let that burn in your heart today. It doesn't matter what wars and rumors of wars, what's taking place around us. God is always with us, and he is for us, not against us. I love that. He told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love that. Let that sink into your heart today. So we have hope, church. And we need to share that hope with others. Because there are so many people today that are uncertain and living in fear. They're concerned but God says, I haven't left you and I never will. There was a young lady. She came home one day. She called out for her husband and she didn't hear a word. She walked in to the kitchen and there was a note posted on the refrigerator. The note was from her husband and he simply said, for years you've posted orders on the refrigerator. And today I want to inform you that this buck private is A-W-O-L. She fell to her knees and began to cry. She never saw her husband again until the day they were scheduled to go to divorce court. She walked into the court overwhelmed. He was her earthly strength and support. One that had committed to be with her for the rest of her life. And the judge slammed his gavel down and said, divorce granted. And this young lady never saw her husband again. Church, God will never do that to you. You may have people that get upset and leave you. God will never do that to you. None of us are perfect. All of us make mistakes. Don't ask Melinda, she'll tell you. Don't ask Mitch or Misha or Michelle either. They'll all tell you. <laughs> little little is too small. You can ask her. She won't tell you. <laughs> all of us have probably experienced something similar to that. Where someone we loved, someone we trusted, someone we cared about just said, I've had enough, and they leave us. God will never do that to us. I'm so thankful for that today. 
The word leave, I want to give you what it, how it was used in the Greek. It means to leave behind, to abandon, to give up on, to send back, to dismiss, and to neglect. So it was used in a, in a multitude of ways. When I was a young man, believe it or not, at one time I was a young man. I loved basketball. I played in high school. I played in college. Our high school team was a winning team. Our college team won our division. I was the center for the team. I loved to play. But a lot of those games were out of town. My dad never had the opportunity to come and to watch one of those games. But we were going to play another college there in Arlington. And I, I went and I told him, I said, Dad, I really want you to come to this game. I, I want you to get to see me play in college. And he said, okay, son, that's close. I should be able to do that. Well, the day for the game came and I was so excited because dad was going to get to watch me play. And during the game, we got a steal and I took off down the court. I was the first one. I was hollering for the ball. Throw me the ball. They threw me the ball and I, I got the ball about uh, the free throw line. I took a couple of dribbles and jumped and I slammed it. I could jump back then. I was thin. <laughs> And I was so excited, I said, Dad got to see that. Dad got to see that. And I turned around, I began to scan through the bleachers. And he didn't make it. And I was hurt for years. You know, I thought, Dad. And then years later, I was praying... <laughs> And God just showed me this picture. And I, he took me back to that game. And I saw myself catch the ball. And I saw myself dribble. And I saw myself go up and slam dunk. And then I turned. And I looked in the stands. And I saw Jesus. I saw him stand. And I saw him <laughs> clapping his hands and cheering me on. And the message there was, he'll never neglect you. He'll never relax from keeping his presence with you. You can always depend on him. There's some of you that may feel just like that. You've experienced something like that where your parents weren't there and they said they were going to try to be or your parents failed you in some way. And our parents, none of us are perfect. And some of us have had parents that that literally abused us in some way. And let me tell you, Jesus will never do that. Jesus will never neglect you. He'll always be with you. I love Romans chapter 8. And I could, I could preach the whole chapter, but I just want to read you a few verses, beginning with verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril of sword? Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. We are more than conquerors, church! Because Jesus loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Aren't you thankful for that today? Thank you, Lord. So when... Those emotions rise up and they begin to whisper in your ear. You feel like you're all alone. Tell your emotions, I know that I'm not alone because God promised he'll never leave me or forsake me. When you're in a hopeless situation, you don't think there's an an answer. You say, Lord, give me that hope because I know my hope is in you. Amen. Trust the word of God. Trust his promise. Trust that they're for you today. And there's one more word I want us to look at. We're going to close. It's the word forsake. It's one of the most interesting Greek words, and it it has several meanings again. One of them means to forsake. One of them means to desert, to leave behind, to leave one in a helpless situation, to disregard or to relax. And God will never do that to us. Years ago, when I was a young preacher, I received a a call from a young lady that was in our church, and she said her brother was dying, and she asked me to go to, to visit him in the hospital. And I found out that he was dying of AIDS. And I found out that he was living in a homosexual lifestyle. But I also found out that his mother and his father, especially his father, had forsaken him. His father told him that he disowned him, told him he wasn't his son, told him he never wanted to see him again. And I walked into the hospital room with this young man and he was very frail, very thin, and he knew that he was about to die. And I shared with that young man, I said, God loves you. And God will never do that to you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And I I talked about Jesus and the goodness of Jesus and what Jesus had done for us. That he, he received nails through his feet. Those feet never did anything wrong. They never took him into any kind of sin or to hurt anyone. Those hands that were nailed to the cross Those hands reached out in love and healed the sick and ministered love to people. And I just began to tell him that Jesus, no matter what he had done in his past, would forgive him. All he had to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. It's a few days later after I prayed with him and he accepted Jesus. (laughs) That I was doing his funeral And his mother and his father came in. And my heart was broken. The father could have disagreed with 
his son's lifestyle. But he should have tried to love him into life in Jesus. And if anyone is, happens to be here today and you, you're in that lifestyle, I want you to know I love you. And this church loves you. I don't agree with your lifestyle because God says that's not the best. He says there is by design, his creation, a better lifestyle than that. But we love you. And we're not going to forsake you. Because that's what Jesus would have us do. It, it hurts me to see so many Christians when they see sin, and not necessarily that sin, but any sin in someone's life, they want to point fingers, they want to ridicule, and they, they want to just forsake them. And church, we need to love them. Love them into life in Jesus. Amen. How many want to be that church? On the cross, I'm going to just share a couple more verses and close. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, Jesus is on the cross. It says, in about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? And the answer, church, is Jesus went through all that He did. He took all of our sin upon Himself. He became sin who knew no sin, the Scripture says. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For He, God the Father, made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Church, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, you are the righteousness of God according to the Word. And you say, well, Pastor, I'm not perfect. It's not about you being perfect because none of us can be perfect. Amen? It's about Jesus who was perfect. Amen? He went to the cross for us. Our sins were all placed upon Him. He died in our place that we could be in relationship with God. And that we could be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, church, but that thrills me today. Why? Because I've done things that I'm ashamed of. I'm not a perfect person either. All of us have. We've all, done, we've all made mistakes, all done things that were wrong, that went against God. But His heart is for us, not against us. He's called us to be conquerors, to live in victory in Him. And when we surrender our sin to Him, say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I repent of it. Lord, I want to live for you. I want to have a life where I know you're right there with me, that you'll never leave me and never forsake me, no matter what's taking place in the world around me. God says I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? In Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 2, it says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. 
That's talking about a relationship where we don't have God, where we're not striving to live for Him. We're not in relationship with Him. And church, my prayer today is, as the worship team comes, that everyone in this place would leave today saying yes to Christ. Because He'll change your heart. He'll change your life. He'll transform you. Now if we put all of these things together, this is what the verse would say in my amplified version. Listen to what Jesus is speaking to your heart today. I will never, no not ever, no never give up on you. Abandon you. Leave you behind. Cause you not to survive. Leave you helpless. Nor shall I ever relax concerning keeping my presence with you. Is that a powerful promise, church? Are you thankful for that promise today? I want to read it one more time. Jesus is saying, I will never, no not ever, no never, give up on you, abandon you, leave you behind, cause you not to survive, leave you helpless, nor shall I ever relax concerning keeping my presence with you. That's why that verse is my most favorite verse. That's why it's so encouraging to me. Because it's filled with such tender promises for us. How many know that we deserve to be left and forsaken? Because of our sin. But Jesus paid the price. I want you to stand with me.